I just want to take a couple of minutes to talk about one of the sponsors of our podcast, and that is 503 Sports. 503 Sports is a site very well known for their throwback merchandise for a multitude of leagues, whether it be, for example, the World League of American Football, the World Football League, or in our case, the Arena Football League. I mean, if you're looking for any type of throwback merchandise from those teams that don't exist anymore, whether it be shirts, caps, customizable jerseys that you can get your own name and number, Detroit Drive, San Jose Sabercats, what? They're the place that has them. And just for our listeners of the podcast, they have a special offer just for you. If you use the promo code ARENAFAN, when you check out, you'll get 10% off your very first order. So head over to 503-sports.com, use the promo code ARENAFAN, get 10% off, and you want to thank them for being a sponsor of AFL Tonight. And welcome to AFL Tonight, ArenaFan.com's weekly look at everything arena football. I'm your host, Tim Capper, along with the gentlemen who are currently standing outside the quarantine zone, Ben Fretchinale and John Stark. Howdy, howdy, guys. Wait, is, this a re- is that a reference to something in the news? Uh, no. No, unless, uh, unless, uh, to you? unless it has any reference to me. <laughs> is, it, is it like a Walking Dead or something? No, no, no. No. Oh, oh, because you were sick. Yes. Oh my gosh! Wow, I feel like a like a dunce right now, Tim. Missing your reference, <laughs> Tim. How are you doing? I'm doing a hell of a lot better. My uh, uh, my intestinal tract uh, thanks the world. So please describe in closer detail what you mean by that. Uh, absolutely nothing. I would just say two words, and it is food poisoning, and I will leave it at that. I, I don't wish it upon anybody, even my worst enemy, even if they were my, my enemy. Who is your worst enemy? Uh, let's see. I'm flipping the interview around. That, that's a, uh, that's a, food poisoning is his worst enemy. Yes, Technically. yes. Yeah. That, that's the that's the answer there, John. I don't know why I would say anybody like Ben would be my enemy. This is growing freakish and unresolvable. I know. How was your, how was your week, guys? The week was fantastic. I was uh, I was banging around in Philly. Um, you know. Filming the game yeah. with uh, Lauren, my Goyle friend, yeah. and uh, shooting partner for that experience. She got that um, pretty, pretty sweet, candid pick of you on the on the. I know she got she got a candid. Yeah, you that's know. pretty good. There were there were a few, mm-hmm. um, but those were great. Yeah, so it was a good week wrapping up the commercial that I had been doing in Chicago. So that's oh, finally nice, nice. coming to an end. I, I, um, what I thought was funny too is uh, when I started feeling better and I went out for the first time. I went to Walmart and it was like all these different types of Skittles. <laughs> and I was like, hmm, okay, here I I just see I don't I don't remember what they were. It was regular tropical, blah blah blah. blah. I'm thinking, oh, where's the spicy? Uh, not out yet. Not out, not out. Yeah, it was an exclusive. But um yeah, how are you doing, John? I'm I'm good. I was in DC over the weekend for the Valor game and I've been spending some free time going to the movies lately. Nice. Oh, what'd you see? What'd you see? Uh, I saw the dead don't die. If you guys have heard of that, uh, no, I guess the uh, dead, I guess the dead do die because I've not heard of that one. Oh well, it's probably because it's more of an indie flick, but oh, okay. it's starring Bill Murray and Adam Driver. Oh yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. Okay. good. It got kind of bad reviews. Uh, I would say it's more of a very classic George Romero type style. Right, right, right. So you that. either got to be you either got to be a fan of that or you're gonna. 
dislike it. That's right. Ben. That got worse reviews than MIB International. I heard that thing. Oh stunk. God! Don't remind me. That is a truly heartbreaking thing that's happening right now. Right. Uh, that movie got shredded by critics. Yeah. Oh, you know what else was a shredder? Whoa. Dark Phoenix. Shredder. Oh, really? Yeah, I heard oh. that thing. I heard that. Dis- they're just burning that. For- they're just burning it. I mean, they they don't have to make those movies anymore because Disney owns them, so they're just burning it. Yeah, burn it. Probably a good plan. They're not yeah. going to bring it. They're not going to bring it into the Disney crew, are they? Are they no, they're burning it. They're, they're, well, they're destroying what remains of it, and now they're going to probably start over. I liked. I liked. I that sounds like a Dark Phoenix reference. It honestly does. I like. <laughs> I actually like Days of Future Past like with the with the whole. Re- oh come on, Days of Future Past was amazing. I'm not talking about that. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. whole franchise has been good and totally and downturned I, at Apocalypse. And I think I think the, was it the last five of them have been shot in Montreal, if I remember correctly. Oh yes, I'm sure that's true. I think you yeah. probably recall correctly. Yeah, I think the last five because I know they shot part of it where I um, part of I think it was Days of Future Past at where I work when they were doing it. So they took over part of the university to shoot. So great film. Yeah. So yeah, there are some other good movies coming out uh, coming out soon. So it's uh, I'm I'm looking forward to well, Adventures I, Endgame coming back. What do you guys think of this one? Uh, God, this is we're, this is so arena football. Um, the the movie yesterday. Have you guys seen what the- I am very excited for that film. That's I'm about that. that. Yeah, that's interesting. It's like I'm I mean, curious. Danny Boyle is someone I trust. Yeah. And the movie is uh, absurd and sort of out of touch with realistic plots in a way that movies sort of, you know, there's a there's very few like fantasy movies these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, honestly, Rocket Man had fantasy elements, but it was like grounded in something real. Right. And yesterday is just a purely fantastical concept. It's just a what if kind of movie that yeah. used to get made in the in the 90s. What if my dad became a snowman? What if my dad <laughs> oh, was a ghost? My and now, you know, yes. what if the Beatles didn't exist? Like I, those I, movies aren't made anymore. So I'm excited about that. Uh, Michael Keaton is a snowman. <laughs> <laughs> Gosh. My dad kind of sucked, but now he's snow. Yes, yes. Happy birthday! No, not that. <laughs> not, not that type of snowman. I'm curious to know how they figure that out. Where everybody just all of a sudden forgets that the Beatles don't exist, and every time you look up Beatles on Google, it just shows a picture of a beetle. Yes. Well, next time on the intro to AFL tonight, we'll get back <laughs> to you on that. Um, we are coming off of a a week where we had our very first team uh, clinch a playoff spot. Um, and some very big milestones happened in the Arena Football League this past week, and we're going to obviously talk about those and, and feel see what the see what the guys think about what happened. Um, we might as well go ahead and talk about obviously about the big news that occurred and something that has been happening. Wow, it it was in the making uh, since 2012. It's been that long, guys. Uh, Joe Hills became the first pro football player to have 100 consecutive games regular season games with a receiving touchdown it's mind but it's absolutely mind-boggling and you know what i will give props because i had i had a spreadsheet that i had been keeping track of uh the last three big uh the last three big um uh receiving records um and you guys know who joe hills passed recently right do you, guy, do you know your history ben you should john you may not silence is golden Go ahead. I'm just letting you sort of die on the sword. Okay, well, I, 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 I'm, I'm holding the sword, and I'm, I'm, I'm poking it at you. Anyway, so he passed Damien Harrell, and then he passed Chris Jackson um, a while ago. And, yeah, this is something that the league actually gave. Uh, they actually gave some, you know, some they, – they promoted it, whether it be through – I think it was uh, uh, the Baltimore Sun ran a story. 
Um, and I think another somebody else ran a story on it too, also. But it, I said it's something that we've been watching for quite a long time, and then it finally occurred. You know, Joe finally celebrated it as he said he would. It wasn't, you know, he, he celebrated, you know, very nonchalantly. I mean, it was there. He got it. The teams came and the team came and uh, congratulated him. And uh, what's your what is, what's your thought, John, in actually seeing this happen in sports today? I think it's uh, very impressive and speaking of the celebration it it was nonchalant the team came out on the field and all the receivers and the rest of the team all co- quickly congratulate him and they continued the game uh but they even announced what, it over the uh the pa system actually in uh, columbus and i heard oh because okay. uh, cool. i was watching the the feed from uh from the app and it was just pointing to the scoreboard whenever it went to commercial. So, cause that was the game that wasn't on, on national TV for whatever. Reason. Oh, I, I know those old, old yeah. feats like that. Yep. So yeah. They, and then they said it and then they booed, but anyways, continue. But yeah, I, I don't know what else is there in, in sports or sports history. That's like that. Or that's like this. It's hard to say. Cal Ripken. Yeah. Cal Ripken. That was my thought. I yeah. mean, I, I think it's interesting that, I, for some reason, I find Damian Harrell and Chris Jackson's existing records, mm-hmm. uh, you know, receiving career TDs and single season TDs. I don't know what it is. I kind of find those more impressive for some reason. I think maybe it was because the era that they played in okay. against like NFL caliber players. Um, and, and just to pack that into one season playing, you know, I mean, it's there's just something a little bit different about the era that Joe Hills is currently playing in. And. This is not a knock to him, and it's honestly a huge compliment. But it just felt like, yeah, if if Joe Hills plays one snap per game, they'll just throw it to him in the end zone. You know, right. like Hills has been a dominant force for sure. But but him leaving for the NAL for a little bit, I think a little bit sort of brought me down on the streak. And uh, it hasn't been consistent. It hasn't been uh, consecutive games. It's been consecutive games played. That's, uh, that's what it was for for both Jackson. And no, all, I, yeah, and, and all the other players have doing it, including the current. Uh, the second second longest streak in the in the AFL currently with uh, with yeah, Malachi Jones at twenty. I know, I know. Um, but that's just my take on it. I don't know. I think it's an era thing, and maybe it's just you know childhood sort of taking over, mm. just like you know the the nostalgia of the past records that are still standing, which is still you know amazing to me. Uh, and Joe Hill's very well could break the career receiving TD record. He could break. The, he almost broke their single season receiving TD record in 2016. So um, that, you know, I, I can't wait to see what happens next for him. And I hope he, he keeps the streak going. It's, it's interesting. Cause I remember when we, I, I, you know, off air, I was, I was, you know, sort of down on based on who their quarterback was, was he, was he going to be able to actually keep the streak going? And I, I, you know, I remember telling you guys and this, and, and in all honesty, I, I said, I thought the streak was going to end after five games. I, I, you know, this season, I really did, but you know, I was completely wrong. And, um, I mean, I mean, I said, John, now I know Ben was part of it. John, I know you really haven't. I mean, does, does what Ben say to you, you know, is it, it, yes, it is arena football, but it is, it is technically two errors. You, you know, you, you have the post, uh, post 08 era and then you have the, uh, sorry, the pre, and then you have the post, uh, 08. Do you think it's fair with what Ben is saying where it, it's just two different players? Because it you know, arena football has evolved from, remember, guys, we used to have sidelines. What the hell? How many? <laughs> if you were to tell that to, to somebody who's been following the league, at least maybe for the last you know five years, 
and you told them that, and showed them a picture that we used to have sidelines, I'm sure the mind, their mind would just blow. It would just completely, you know, mind blown. Blow. Yeah, mind blown. It would so be blown. Just blow. Yeah. So is it? You think? It, no, I think what I think what Ben is saying is fair, and it's just not applicable to arena football. But I mean, sports eras for all major sports, things change, rules, the way the game is played, focus on on receiving or passing or uh, home runs or RBIs. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. It doesn't matter. I, I think that every era is going to have its its legends. Right. And. And Joe Hills is definitely part of, of this era. And yeah. he's a legend. No, that's a good point. I mean, like, when you look at baseball records. I was going to that too. Go ahead. Basically, old baseball records are discarded before a certain point because of, of the way pitching was done. Mm-hmm. And But there were aspects of – there's some aspects of historical records that are made more impressive by uh, achievements that were able to be accomplished with inferior – you know, technology right, and right. things like that in certain sports. Um, and, and I think that those old records, while they may be broken soon in the AFL, I think will be looked back on as, as, you know, as impressive as current records today, just because of the level of competition and, and who was playing the AFL at the time. Do you think it's fair to say, would you put a, um, would you put an asterisk by this record like it would be? Because remember how baseball, the baseball home run record, and all you know, the most, uh, the most uh, home runs in a single season. How you know the the Sammy Sosa, Barry Bonds, Rays, Mark McGuire type of thing. Uh, you know, there was always possible people saying, oh, maybe there should be a little bit asterisk by considering after what happened. You know, it was the it was the uh, the the, the uh, lively ball error, the juiced up error, that type of thing. Does this? Does Joe's record deserve that type of thing, or it it genuinely is a record that will you know he'll be one, uh, Harrell will be two, and Jackson will be three, and that's the way it will be. There won't be any you know there won't be any side story or asterisk next to it. Well, I think what's what's interesting about that is is the fan base of arena football has not carried over necessarily in the sense that. You know, there are very few fans that actually care that deeply about the history of the league. Unfortunately, there's there's the people that use arenafan.com and they're obviously diehards that have always been fans. But yeah. I think that mostly the, in, in regards to the new fans, they don't even know who Chris Jackson is. They don't even know who Damian Harrell is. So oh, they true. look at Joe Hill's record and they're like, wow, this is like absolutely. I mean, it is amazing. It's absolutely amazing. It's, I don't want it, to put it down at all. Down. But I don't think it will have an asterisk. I mean, it, it there's a certain argument to be made that. Joe Hills is accomplishing what he's accomplishing relative to the current league. Um, you know, there everything is relative sort of in sports. You know, mm-hmm. yes, Joe Hills may not be as good of a receiver as Damian Harrell, but he's playing against DBs that are at his level, mm-hmm. you know, that mm-hmm. are still good. He's playing in a league with fewer teams that have higher caliber players on each team. Um, so I think there's something to be said about that. Do you think money at the time was also a huge difference because now you have all these – you know, everything, right. everything's changed. You know, you know this. You can't make more in the CFL. You got the XFL coming up and stuff like that. And you know, maybe some of these, you know, these defensive backs aren't staying in the league as as long as as they would. Because remember, back in the day with with Harrell and Jackson, you know, some of these players are getting paid six figures. And, and yeah, and those who don't know the old league, that uh, what I'm saying is true. You had players who were making six figures a season, and a lot of them were were quarterbacks and 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 wide receivers. So. Yeah, the AFL was considered very much a viable alternative to the NFL. It was, it was. I can make a serious career in the AFL. Uh, that took a huge hit, obviously, in 2010 when pay scales were 
almost AF2 level, not quite, but pretty close. Very close. And yeah. so it took a while for the AFL to recoup. I think the AFL is slowly getting back to that. I think salaries are now, I mean, obviously they're a lot more respectable than they were in 2010. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll slowly see matriculating talent or, sorry, this is kind of off topic, oh. but I think this is interesting. I think it's possible the AFL will morph into, and it already has begun to morph into its own brand of football to the point where not many players are coming from the NFL. Not many players are going to the NFL. It's very much its own insular league, mm-hmm. which we've kind of seen. Like, why isn't Joe Hills, if he's this good, why isn't he in the NFL? Back right. in the AFL, old AFL days, he would have gone to the NFL or at least been on a preseason squad or something. Um, so I think we may see this sort of more insular player community, which we're already seeing, uh, a players just cycling teams and not leaving the league. Uh, there's some players like Malachi Jones who I think eventually will, uh, but that's just my take on the current state of the of like the player personnel of this league. I think it's fair. I think it's I think it's very fair. So, as you know, you were saying before. I mean, things do change, things evolve, uh, rules get changed, that type of thing. Um, I think one of the funny, the interesting things about Hills at through 100 consecutive games, guys. He did this. Uh, he did this against 19 different teams. He had 846 receptions, 10,252 yards, and a mind-blowing 277 touchdowns. Uh, the teams that he pilfered the most was the actually it's funny. A uh, current team, Philadelphia Soul. <laughs> he has uh, close to 1,700 total uh, receiving yards and 42 touchdowns. The next closest team is the Cleveland Gladiators with 1,100. Uh, almost 1,200 yards and 32 touchdowns. So, and, and I think what's interesting too, guys, is that each of the, you know, no matter where these guys were in their streak, uh, both Harrell and Jackson basically did it with the same amount of teams. Harrell did it versus 22. Jackson did it versus 18. So, but it's, it's you know, go back. Think of it this way, guys. The last game that Joe Hills did not have a receiving touchdown, June 15th, 2012. Wow. Just do the math. <laughs> it's been a long, long time. Amazing. A long, long time. Yeah. Uh, another one of the things that we noticed, and we're going to get to the, uh, the recap here in a couple of seconds, is that uh, um, it, it would, could possibly be a, a – I don't know if, it is, if it's a, a – it's a major – it could be a very major injury considering how it occurred. Um, but it looked like in the game versus uh, Philadelphia this week, guys, that uh, Randy Hippard uh, – God, ben, you were there. Uh, mm-hmm. He was he was rolled up on because I know the camera angle. Yeah. Even though, by the way, Philadelphia and this is a plus to the league. The Philadelphia has the perfect camera angles. They don't have just the general two or three. They you have one on the main camera on one side of the uh, of the arena. You have one, actually one on the opposite side. And this mm-hmm. is, this is the way that it should be when it comes to replays and stuff. But anyway, I, I digress. Um, <laughs> But uh, he, yeah, what, uh, he got rolled up on on uh, one play in the end zone in the second quarter, right, Ben? Yeah, uh, that was tough. Um, I think, part, I mean, first of all, horrible to see Hippard go down, especially after everyone was just talking about how consistent quarterbacks have been this year. I know uh, that was just terrible luck. Um, but then, you know, I think all of us are Warren Smith guys. We're all fans and friends of his, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. to see him come in and have such a frustrating game was just sort of doubled down on how disappointing that whole thing was. 
Um, and I don't know, we don't really know his current status, but I get the impression that Hippard is out for the time being. I would say it's based on the last two practice reports, uh, or last two, yeah, the last two, he isn't practiced at all. Yeah. So I, I mean, I heard grumblings that it was a season ender, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything, even with the people that I've reached out to guys, I have not heard anything, uh, that would say that he would be back. But I mean, it's would I would say for, um... You know, for Warren, I think it was just nerves. Maybe, yeah. I, I mean, it's, you, you know, you're coming in and you're replacing Randy Hippard, and it's, you're going up against a sole team that has been playing a little bit better. But um, Four quarterbacks played in this game. When's the last time that happened? Yeah, hey, I know. <laughs> yeah. I know. Well, Danny Southwick makes his, uh, makes his, <laughs> his glorious return. He threw some lasers. <laughs> How is he still playing? I love him so much. Um, but, yeah, it, as I said, we if we get more information on the injury, we'll find out. But as I said, it's... You know, in football, you got to move on. And obviously, we're wishing the best for Randy. We don't, as I said, we don't know what's happening yet, but uh, we wish the best for him, obviously. Um, week eight started on Saturday. Uh, we were talking about just now uh, Baltimore, uh, Columbus Destroyers. Uh, Columbus was trying to win uh, uh, their second game in a row since returning to the league. Uh, obviously, going up against the, the Baltimore Brigade and Joe Hills, et cetera, et cetera. Um, Baltimore knocked off. Columbus 44-39. Uh, Shane Boyd was uh, 18, only 18 to 28, 229, six and one. Leading receiver uh, was Brandon Collins. Uh, six, excuse me, seven receptions, 120, 132 yards and three TDs. Joe Hills had two. Milton Williams had one. Uh, for the Columbus Destroyers, Grant Russell 19 to 33, 235, five and zero. I think it's two straight games without a without a, a pick for him. Uh, Fabian Guerrero led uh, the team with six receptions, 92 yards, and two TDs. Uh, um, oh, what is it? Uh, I'm going to pronounce Cook's first name. What's his first name? I feel bad here. Kenny. Uh, Kenny, thank you. Yeah, rather than what we have listed here, yeah, Kenny. Kenny Cook had, had a TD. <laughs> uh, Donovan Morgan, the captain, got back. Oh, it was nice to see him back. Welcome back. Yeah, welcome back, Cap. Uh Three receptions, 32 yards, and a TD. Paul Browning had another TD. Uh, Grant Russell had a rushing TD. Um, what's uh, what, what were your thoughts on, on this game, John? I, I think it was uh, sort of a run-of-the-mill AFL game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> also, yeah, by the way, for- also Craig Peterson was out for the uh, was out for the Destroyers. Uh, he was. Uh, uh, out on, uh, they had to pick up an emergency kicker in Tyler Durbin. Um, you could tell with his first kick that he, yeah, it's he, he wasn't a uh, a seasoned AFL kicker. Um, but I mean, is it is it really? Do you think they were just coming in there? They're playing at home again. Do you think they were just coming off their high Ben, and it's it's just a matter of trying to re- replicate what happened last last game, or is it um, just that you know? <laughs> I don't think so. I think Baltimore's it's just, just a, a general team. lack of. Yeah, I think it's Baltimore's just better. Um, I, I, you know, Columbus has basically shown us this almost, almost all season. Mm -hmm. And so I don't think it's any surprise what happened in this game. I think, you know, the defense was still quality. I think, you know, they had a couple of, of couple of missed opportunities on defense, but you know, Armasoni still looking good out there. Almost going Superman for that. I know, I know he was amazing. And you know, this is just another one of those things, you know, they have a rookie quarterback and they're going to lose games like this. Um, unfortunately that's what's happening. And we wished that by now it wasn't the case. This was, you know, 
hopefully the period where Russell really picked up and, and you know, carried them to at least a, a nice finish. But, you know, the attendance was okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, attendance, attendance was okay. But it's, it's uh, you know, but I, I will admit, though, you know, after the first couple of weeks, Grant Russell actually is looking like a good arena football league quarterback. I it's, think so. I think so. Okay. Yeah, I, I definitely so do. Yeah. 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 I'm a Russell guy. I mean, I, I hope they I hope they stick with him. And every time Sock speaks, it's funny. He like he like kind of compliments him, but then undercuts it immediately. You know? <laughs> He's like, yeah, well, yeah. He's freaking pissed if he doesn't screw up. You know, yeah. <laughs> if he if he you know lets me keep him on the field, it's like, all right. Well, you know, that's yeah, fair. Yeah. Uh, second game of the week was the Albany Empire traveling to the Washington Valor. What a game the uh, definition of Uwe, and i know john i know this probably was a killer i know you're there shooting the game and, and whatnot um but uh albany albany storms back uh from a 27 point deficit to win becoming the third team uh becoming overcoming the third largest deficit in a game in arena football league history um wow. This game had everything, and and you guys will, and I'll admit to you guys immediately. I'm not one to to usually give up on an arena league game, but in our, <laughs> in our little chat session, I think you guys saw it in the second quarter. Yeah. It's like I said, this this game's over. Boy, was I wrong. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you were. <laughs> oh man, what 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 are your thoughts on on this one, Ben? Oh my god, this game was unbelievable. I think I think what was funny about when you said that. Keith uh, had this halftime speech. Yeah. Uh, and I mean, not like to uh, answer to a reporter. And he was just so business. Like, I, there was no indication in his voice that they felt defeated at all. He was just like, look, like, we didn't do it. And now we're going to do it. That was like his attitude. Mm-hmm. And they actually did. And this, I think this game was like a masterclass in momentum. Uh, the, and, and the Valor were constantly combating that momentum. Like, when the, when the, the third quarter started, the Valor did come out hot, um, and then Albany recovered that onside kick, and then Mario Norman fumbled that interception that was recovered by Malachi Jones, and that was like, you know, and then Albany, and then Albany screwed up the next onside kick, mm-hmm. uh, and so it was like, okay, is this going to swing again? And there was an amazing, you know, touchdown catch by Dangerfield, and and uh, I think there was another failed onside kick. So there was just a lot of like weird back and forth things happening in this game, and. There was uh, also some weird, like, jack-in-the-box penalties that got players, uh, yeah. like, Alvin Ray got, yeah, like... Yeah, I forgot about that. I, I yeah. totally forgotten that a jack could actually get, you know, like, the normal, you go two offsides and you're DQ'd. He yeah. just unfortunately did it at the wrong time. If he had gotten two of them in, in within the first half, he would have been he would have been DQ'd from the first half. Right, but he and that was, that was right after the Valor had basically picked up the momentum back they mm-hmm. scored immediately and then they were like stop they were gonna stop albany potentially and then it was just like all right well that sucks it took the wind out of them i think i think most people forget too and and i have to find the, the rule number but for those of you who don't know uh, and it's on defense basically if you uh, if you do if you it, if you you know go off sides twice or, or jack out of the bike whatever it is twice uh twice within the first half you're dq'd for the first half but if you have one in the first half and you do it once in the second half, you're DQ'd for the rest of the game. So they were That's a ba- really harsh rule. Yeah. So they were down. They were basically down. The you know the Valor were down two players. Um, you know the already pulled basically pulled off the double stack. You know scoring at the end of the end of the second and, and Arena Football at its best scoring on the first play of the second half. You know, <laughs> yeah. for these forty second touchdowns are things that we remember the most. Um, 
John, do you think, and what the, I, I want to know what you think about the game, but do you think that the way that they're doing onside kicks now is becoming the new norm, especially with the current rules that the AFL has? I think it's the new norm and it's the new plague. Uh, I, know, I know you hate them. I know you hate them. I, I hate them, and I, I want to figure out a way to go back and look at this season's onside kick percentage. Yeah, it's been terrible. It's ter- it's pitiful. Yeah. yeah, It's just over and over I see it, all these games. It's like, wh- why? Why is this the plan? Um, I think that, yeah, this game was unbelievable. Um, I haven't gone back to watch it, although I was there, and just it was a it was a shootout just back and forth nonstop. i i enjoyed the hell out of it mm-hmm. i i was able to go take photos from the seats and from the end zones and just get multiple perspectives nice. of everything and uh yeah um i can't wait to go back tomorrow and, and well, i think i think what's interesting about the onside kicks this was pr- the one game where i think onside kicks significantly helped albany like they recovered you know they recovered the first one they didn't recover the next one, and it was it was recovered immediately for a touchdown. So that blew up in their face. Yeah. And then the third onside kick, you, this one looks like a failure initially, but what it did was it put Washington in kind of an awkward situation. Like on the ten yard line in the AFL with end zones like that, it uh-huh. is pretty awkward. I mean, you know, it's oh, po- it's possible minute. to force a mistake a there. They did. Ben rounded end zones in the AFL. Awkward. Gee. What two nutball teams would actually go ahead and... Oh, never mind. Uh-oh. <laughs> Tim, Tim, i got to hire you to act in something I do. <laughs> but, you know, that, and it forced them uh, into an interception. Like, Albany picked off uh, the ball after that failed onside kick. So, mm-hmm. also, can we just mention... Yeah. I don't know. I can't remember the last time I've seen this. And correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, Benson... Doing a oh, motion like, running play. I was going to talk about that. Straight ahead. It was awesome. <laughs> that was like lethal. I had to have him. What they call that? The why? Is that? What, I'm trying. I know it said would know this immediately. I know some of the guys who do the, the TV would know this immediately. Did they call that the why motion? Or is it? I, I'm trying. I don't know. That what, wasn't a why. I don't think that was a why. He motion. was in full why. He was. He crazy. was there. He was in motion like a wide receiver. Yeah. It was like a freight train. I can't believe that's legal. Why not? I mean. I don't think it. Well, the AFL did ban some sort of motion running plays uh, like years and years ago. Right. They banned certain things, but I know. So I didn't know that was even allowed. Well, remember, I mean, you, why wouldn't why wouldn't you do that with a more athletic player and just have him leap over the goal line? Sheer, just sheer mass. I mean, <laughs> could, could you think of what it would have been like if if a Derek Ross had done that? <laughs> well, I mean, what if you just did? What if you did that with Malachi Jones? And then just sort of at full speed, hand it off to him, and he would just leap over. There's no way to stop that. I mean, it's dangerous. I, the play is so dangerous. No, I see. What you're, I see what you're saying, but you gotta admit it, it is so unique. And I will admit, I don't remember ever, ever yeah. seeing yeah. something like that. But it was done right. They put him in motion. They had two guys who were standing still before the yep. snap, and he was the only guy in motion. Curtis Young was like, nah. <laughs> oh, yeah, they were determined on that yeah, drive. They were, you him. Tell, I mean, yeah. they, they was like four or five plays with him on yeah. on that in motion and in the goal line. I mean, I think if Benson had a little bit more moves, if he would have been able to do a sidestep to the right, he could have gone into mm-hmm. the end zone. But it was just like that was going to be head-to-head no matter what. That Quote, was- it looked like two smart cars colliding with each other. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it was. It was just so much fun. Just so much fun. I will admit. Um, you could hear the crowd get into it before the play even started, which is very uncommon. Yeah, 
Yeah, I have to go back and watch that again. I, it just just that play. This is two, and they're back to back. That's the thing. They were back to back, and you yeah. know exactly what they were going to do. Uh, obviously, the, and it, like just like last week for Albany, uh, the game came down to a two two really big things. Uh, it was uh, Pat Clark's missed uh, extra point uh, early in the second. There basically is your deficit, right? You know your 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 win right there. But and this is this was the huge but is just that a huge but uh, yeah I just cannot believe that with uh, DC holding the ball late being uh, I think it was what f- fourth and goal I think they were within they were in the goal to go option anyways they go to fourth goal uh, fourth fourth down and goal and he opts to go for it rather than John going for the field goal. You being there, I know I put it on, uh, I think it was on social media, saying that I couldn't believe that he did that. But what was, what was your thought when you saw, A, when you saw what he did, and B, what was your, your thought after the fact? I, I thought that, uh, <laughs> I thought they should have tried to kick the field goal. Yeah. I mean, you've come this far, and you're in this close of a game, Pat Clark has not been terrible this season, so I'm not I'm not sure what the decision making process was there. I mean, I I, I would have gone for the field goal. Yeah, I I did say yeah, I said the same thing too. I think some of the others who were been following the league for quite a long time, I think even Coffee Jones said the exact same thing on social. It's like you kick at that point, you have to kick the field goal. Um, ben, do you think it's just a matter of where Coach Benji was being a little not necessarily cocky? But where he was thinking, okay, look who I have. I have the possible running threat of Arvell Nelson. I have, you know, I have the receivers that I do. Um, this this is going to be easy money. I, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say that this is possible, but it's possible <laughs> that, you know, he and Coach Keefe were in like a coach-off. You know, the, you know uh. Keefe was making these a series of really bold decisions. And I think Benji may have gotten into the mindset where, like, I need to make bold decisions to win this game. Yeah. And I think that was why he chose to do that. It was just like, you know, we're not going to beat them with sheer uh, power. We need to try something and go for it. And unfortunately, that's that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, Tommy Grady was 22 of 33, 348, 6 and 2. Uh, Quentin Sims, he's been coming on as of late. Uh, check your fantasy team. Uh, Sims is leading the league in touchdowns, right? I know. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Nine receptions, 186 yards, four <sighs> touchdowns. Malachi Go- Jones keeps his, his own personal uh, consecutive touchdown streak alive. It's now at 20. Uh, eight receptions, 127 and one. Uh, Mo- Mo- Ruffins also had a receiving touchdown. A big boy touchdown. I saw that one coming, too. Man. That was amazing. That, that was, was amazing, play. too. And then a lot Mike- of interesting plays in this game. Yeah, Michael Benson had two. Uh, Arvell Nelson, 23 of 34, 262, 6 and 2. Uh, Jared, uh, excuse me, uh, Reggie, Reggie Gray, big play. Uh, led the team with uh, 75 yards. Jared Dangerfield had eight receptions. Uh, Reggie Gray had two TDs. Dangerfield, Epps, uh, Reese, and Parker all had a receiving touchdown. And uh, as if it weren't anything else, you know, uh, uh, Arvell Nelson had a receiving, uh, sorry, had a rushing touchdown. Um, with the game, Albany became the first team in the league this year to clinch a playoff spot in the 2019 uh, Arena Football League playoffs. Um, yeah, what John, a I have a question. Uh, th- this seems pretty high, this reported attendance. I can't even think of the last time I saw 
a reported attendance for Washington being this high. Yeah, John. Do we know what the record for this for them is? Yeah, their first game, which was claimed to be what first ever game. Yeah. 16. Oh my god, they claimed it was 16 of the first game? I completely forgot about that. Yeah, That's remember, great. A, a lot of it seemed to be, well, I think it was the first game ever, maybe some paper tickets, right. et cetera, et cetera. Um, by the way, I also thought that this was going to be the one of the longest games of the year. Would you believe this time-wise? This was not the longest game of the year. Crazy. Very Actually, crazy. I got another little stat, too. Yeah. Ma- Malachi Jones is now leading the league with 960 receiving yards. And that is 300 more than the next closest receiver. Crazy. Yeah, that's insane. And what's funny is that he's not leading the league in touchdowns. No, but he is second in the league with 16, and Quentin Sims has 18. That's right. But Quentin Sims only has 650 receiving yards. Yep. Crazy. You know, it's kind of interesting. Mm. This is just kind of off topic, but with Albany having one loss— what do you guys think about the concept of a team going undefeated in a league of this size? Like Arizona Rattlers are near and dear to our hearts. Uh, just, I think, completed their undefeated season in the IFL. And I, I just, I feel like it makes the league look bad. <laughs> like that, that a team can just run roughshod. And oh, didn't the Sharks do this recently as well? It, they just run roughshod. Oh, I, oh okay. I'll, I'll, you know what? I know this is going to piss off a lot of people when I say this. I got two words for you. Indoor football. We. That, that's. I'm well, it almost when, happened this year, dude. So when you have a honest, team, when you Albany almost a, did that this year. When you have a team in the IFL that only score get, gets shut out in two of their last three games, and in that three game span scores a grand total of fifteen points. That's all I gotta say. That's all I gotta say. And but does it look bad? I think the way that the teams that the, that the teams that they played, yeah, I think. It looked, anyway, we're this is not the not the. Uh, this is not the IFL tonight. It is kind of nice to check in with our old friends. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I guess. You know what? I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Uh, on, su- on Sunday, Atlantic City uh, uh, traveled to play Philadelphia um, in a game where Philadelphia actually unveiled and wore their home uniforms for the very first time. I want to hear what you think about this. Been in a couple of minutes here. Um, obviously, we talked about the injury before to Randy Hippard. Philadelphia had knocked off Atlantic City 54-29. Um, Randy Hippard started. He only went 5 of 11, 80 yards and a touchdown. Warren Smith uh, came in afterwards 16 of 31, 152 and 1. Leading receiver for Atlantic City uh, yards wide. Still was Lamarck Brown, uh, but Rashad still. Uh, Lamarck Brown and Kendrick Ings all had a, uh, had a receiving touchdown. Warren Smith also shipped in with a rushing touchdown for Philadelphia. Uh, very, very, I mean, uh, great, you know, completion ratio uh, for, for Radabaugh, but very stats-wise, eh. 15-18, 138, 3-0. Danny Southwick, the traveling wonder, came in and uh, <laughs> in the fourth quarter, 3 of 4, 30 yards, and a touchdown. Incredible. Nice. 75% completion percentage. <laughs> Hall of Fame. <laughs> uh, leading receiver yards-wise was Darius Prince, but Prince, B.J. Bunn, Lonnie Outlaw, Jordan Williams all had a receiving touchdown. Adrian Ferns went, went ham in the first quarter alone. I think he had two, two, rece- uh, two rushing touchdowns. He ended up with three. Man, it's one of those weeks I should have picked him in fantasy. Uh, also, Brandon Cotton had one had a receiving touchdown. Sorry, a rushing touchdown too. 
Uh, ben, what, what was your... Cause I watch these games from Philadelphia, and I find that they're really, really... They seem very quiet. Is that actually the yeah. case? Yeah. Well, the game sucked. I mean, <laughs> yeah, it, did. It, was a, it was a really bad game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, Atlantic City was never closer than two touchdowns down, so there was really no reason. I mean, look, Philly did put on a show for the home fans, but there wasn't much to get excited about. The energy was sort of gone. You know, once Hippard was injured yeah. and and it was clear that Warren Smith wasn't going to, like, rally the team, it was just sort of like a low-energy experience, especially when Danny Southwick came into the game. It was just like, all right, well, whatever. Yeah, you know, it, it's like that's when, like, Luke Collis used to come in at, after Dan Rodabaugh would light up <laughs> the other team. It was just like, okay, it's kind of interesting, but whatever. Like, no one's paying attention now. Yeah. Um, Ferns was amazing, though. I mean, that was an awesome game from him. Uh, on the goal line, just pounding. Oh, no. Got to keep pounding. No but kidding. yeah, there's basically nothing, you know, great to say about this game other than oh. Philly just taking care of business. Yep. And, uh, and as something that we learned, as you, know, you asked the question when you found out, I, I saw the picture didn't oh, yes. ring a bell. Philadelphia actually, for the first time this year, wore their white jerseys. It makes me, you know what? It really made me miss their, uh, their pearl helmets. It really made I, me. It did for me, too. Yeah. I was thinking they were really proud of those. Why didn't they wear those? Yeah. I think they definitely could have. There's no re- It's not like they switched helmet manufacturers this no. year. And there's no rule. Uh, there's no one. Yeah. There's no one helmet rule like there is in the that was, ACL that was in the NFL. That yeah, was that by far nice. the best part of yeah. the game. But uh, <laughs> they I you know what? I, I, I can't speak for all of us, but I actually like the new look. It's a lot more simpler. I love the racing stripes down the side, the uh, the blue and uh, the blue and black racing stripe down the side. Um, we did find out that you know after they were uh, the, they came out, you know they were unveiled originally. They went and wanted to go a different direction. So uh, we found out directly. We heard this directly from uh, Nathan over at uh, Phenom Elite. Shout out to Nathan for, th- for, for that information. So yeah, I guess that uh, either the white jerseys, John and Ben didn't come out the way they wanted them to, um, or the feedback was what just... What did they want them to look like, is my question I, with the original design. I still don't like the large numbers. I, I just look at that and say, well, okay, your, one's, your one is basically in the last quarter of your back. Why the hell is it reaching over around the side? So, I mean, it's... It's a font. I get it's a font, but still, it's a huge improvement. And it looks – actually, they kept the original pants. It looked good with the pants. So, I hate the pants. Oh, do you? Well, the pants are terrible. I think that – I think my, my opinion across the board is that the gigantic sublimated logos on things is a complete minor league look mm. uh, that absolutely you know destroys the image of whatever team is wearing them. And Unless I don't think Albany. they wanted to be. I don't. Well, Albany's. It's so come on. It is so off, minor. I, they are more subtle. It is the soles were not subtle. I no, mean, those were dark. It was subtle. the regular blue. Subtle. Um, <laughs> I think that Albany looks significantly less embarrassing now. Or sorry, Philly looks a lot less embarrassing now. I love this jersey. I really, really, really hope they get pants that have the matching stripe down the side. Well, that, and I, I really hope Speed that racer, racer baby. Yes, I hope this is an indication that they are changing their home jerseys as well. But. I, I mean, I don't know. They wore these whites at home. Hopefully, it's because they're like updating the home jersey right now, and they couldn't wear them. I think it's 2020. I'll reach out. Well, I'll reach out to to Phenom and see if we can find out some information. But uh, oh, yeah, that would be cool. Speed racer, man. That would be neat. Yeah, and we'll, we'll leave the game where it is. But I agree with you. It was it was just a meh game. I was I you know I missed it because I was uh, out of the house and I watched it on replay and it was like okay. Uh, Southwick came in. I knew the final score and I was like, oh, stop. So, uh, yeah, yeah that, that's, yeah. Um, by the way, why, just one other quick question, why Radabaugh's numbers were, were so mediocre, do you think? Well, 
certain aspect of that is that he was he left the game early. He, they rushed very consistently on a short yardage goal line situation, so he didn't have more passing touchdowns than he could have. Right. A they had a lot of long passing plays that basically ended right before the goal line. That's true. Um, I think his numbers would have been way better if they were passing on, on short yardage situations, but Ferns was doing so well, they just didn't have to. Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, it's true. I forgot that he had three touchdowns. You're right. And Cotton had another two. So that was four That's touchdowns true. that could have been oh, passing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we are uh, okay. One thing I want to talk about, and this leads us into DraftKings. There's a story in the uh, small story. I think it was in the Philadelphia Magazine. I think it's what it was. Uh, Mag. Uh, where Jaws was basically touting and promoting what the current AFL is. Uh, it has to do with betting. Has to do with you know trying to get people involved uh, and that type of thing. Um, one of the biggest interesting tidbits is that he stated that they want to get at the 12 teams and then try to move out west by 2023-2024. It's it, crazy to hear that year. I know, I know. But to me, it's... We, that's we going to happen this, those years? See, well, that's the thing. And I think, it, is it just... A, is this real life? Yes, exactly. Just, Do you understand life? Jaws seems to be, as we know, he's the mouthpiece for the league. He does promote very, very well. But we've also seen before where information has come from him, which does not come to fruition. Do we just take this as what he said as a grain of salt? I mean, yes, we know the league is, is all is basically uh, all in. Not to take the take the hashtag from uh, from <laughs> there uh, is. I guess you could Atlantic say there's City, hashtag but. unfinished business too. Oh yeah, you're right about that one too. <laughs> <laughs> um, but just take it as a grain of salt and just. Just move along, people. Move along. There's nothing to see here. John, what do you think? Grain of salt. I think, yes, we're going to see expansion. Yes, there's going to be more teams, but I wouldn't put a date on anything. <laughs> we, I, we've never had success with putting dates on expansion and, and teams and anything with the league, really. Yeah. I mean, heck, we've been confused about playoff formats and dates before <laughs> yeah. i mean it's for us to be able to predict where a team is going to be in in five years yeah yeah no you're not wrong i mean you're not wrong about the history of the league it was absolutely there's never been any guarantees in the afl there's never been a guarantee there will even be a next season but i think this year what jaws said i i don't know about the expanding west i don't know about hearing even hearing the year 2023 but what I do know is that now that the league is very much a business and it's a single entity business that it's clearly it's now a will true now just single entity. yeah now it's true a single entity they are arbitrarily not arbitrarily they're strategically um, yes. placing franchises now there's really no reason there won't be two teams for the next four years you know they could they could put two new teams every single year yeah. as long as the league doesn't fold um, I really don't understand to this day you know my whole life I've never understood why anyone signs up to to own anything in the AFL. I mean, it's got to be just a huge money loss. But <laughs> yeah. all that aside, well, if they don't care guess, about losing I guess, money... I guess Uncle Ted just seems to have what he needs to have, so... Yes, so, and as, you know, John's always, you know, I think you're right that it is like a tax write-off. If, if you operate a business at a loss, you can use that against your other taxes, but that seems crazy, but I guess that's possible. And I guess it's, you know... That being the case, if Ted's willing to continue bankrolling it, the AFL can go on for another, you know, thirty years as long as he remains alive, and just install new teams every year. There could be, you know, the AF two could come back for for all I know. You know, that's that's how that's how powerful the new concept is of just placing teams every yeah. year. Yeah. Well, 
as I said, hopefully we'll hear something. We're coming upon, we're coming upon, obviously, you know, the playoffs and stuff, and hopefully we'll hear, we'll hear more uh, on what's gonna, who's gonna, hopefully be here in the league in twenty uh, twenty twenty. Um, uh, DraftKings last two weeks, I, I, I actually thought I had a better, a better lineup. I, I don't know if I found last week tough, but John, I know John, only you and I played this past week. I did a dismal 16 out of 18. That <laughs> was absolutely horrible. I know, John, you didn't do much better at 14. You were 14th, but you still scored better than I did. Um, moving into this week, they, they switched it up again on us. I guess it's because, uh, you know, we have an, another Thursday game. By the way, what I found is interesting. I know we're going to get to the schedule. It, it's, an, it's another Thursday game almost a year to the date for Washington. So it's, it's Thursday well, game. Well, I think... Was last year's Thursday game a move because of oh, the cap? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that was among the scheduling disasters yeah, happening last year. That's right. Yeah, I think I think you were correct. I think you. But correct. that is a coincidence, nonetheless. Yeah. Yes. Um. So this week they switched it up in such a way where we also we have a Thursday game, a uh, Thursday just uh, a single entity game, and then we have a. <laughs> uh, that's yeah. Uh, and, uh, showdown, showdown. That's what they call it. All the games are single entity yeah, this week. Showdown, showdown game versus classic. Um. And it is yeah. Uh. I, I found it very. I found the very the first game very interesting and actually very easy to choose compared to the second one. I guess when you, you you're able to do it on a single night versus all three games i guess it makes it a little bit easier but i guess we'll find out guys when we when i ask you what your uh what your rosters are but um prices wow some of the guys are almost it's almost impossible now to get maybe three guys some of the higher price guys especially if they're your captain so it almost seems that you need to have somebody in a, a lower price guy in order to pick up a lot of the other players is that is that fair to say john yeah, definitely it's fair to say, and I think that's kind of what I've been working with for the last four or five weeks. Yeah. And I mean, that's gotten me some first and second place wins, and that's also unfortunately gotten me a 14th and a 16th exactly. place. Yeah, one one player last week I thought I was going to do is the sneaky and and use a use one of the better running uh, sorry fullbacks in the league, and it totally it, it I I ended up getting negative points. <laughs> for, for, uh, negative point for Rory Nixon for my captain. So That's let's hilarious. put it that way. Um, as I said, so we, there's one full team for tomorrow night. Uh, John, we'll start with you. Um, who is uh, who is your captain? My captain is Brandon Collins. Okay, Ben, Adrian Ferns. Get fullbacks. <laughs> hey, that's not for tomorrow night, though. What uh, are we talking yeah, about? I, I have. There are. <laughs> well, what do you mean? There are actually two games, and one is there's one specifically for tomorrow night. Oh, I have no idea what that is. I, I have my uh, my regular okay, lineup okay, set. John, but John and I will go over. We'll go over this. So uh, I did Reggie Gray as my captain, and then I went Nelson, Hills, Boyd, McNeil, which was a hell of a disappointment last week, and then Rory Nixon, who was uh, who was the rest of your your Thursday night lineup. I went with Joe Hills, Doug McNeil, Arvell Nelson, Rory Nixon, and Josh Reese. Okay. And did you find that this was probably one of the easiest games to ever pick? Because you could it was just like bink, 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 bink. Because you fifty thousand dollars got you a lot of high high score high scoring players. It was, but I was still kind of amiss with who do I want to put in my captain spot. Yeah. No. Same here. I I, I was moving some stuff around too, and it, it didn't work out so well. Um, okay. So for Saturday, is only two games. 
Uh, sorry, the other is only two games. It's both the Saturdays, Atlantic City, Albany, Philly, Columbus. Uh, ben, who did you put as your captain? Well, you guys are never going to guess this. I think I, I know. Adrian Ferns as my captain for this, this okay. week. <gasps> I never would have guessed. Uh, John? I do, too. Seriously? I think it's, I think it's a no-brainer. Uh, Tim, who do you have? And then we can explain why it's a no-brainer. Oh, captain, my captain. Okay, I guess we'll just... Oh, Captain John Morgan. Morgan. Okay. Yeah, that, right, that threw right. me for a second. I mean, I think that the Ferns thing... Look, there's always potential that a fullback will get you no or negative points, but... As I've learned. Uh, with, with a, in a week that was kind of hard to stack a team with high-value players, putting Ferns as a captain is, to me, was just like, it you know, a no-brainer at $5,000. Yeah. yeah. Well, with Morgan, I got 6900 Yeah, he was just 69 Nice. But, uh, yeah. But, but uh, 5,100 for Adrian, yeah. That, that, it burns, I, it's that's tough to say no. Yeah, I will admit that, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, I'm, I'm with there. A lot, of, a lot of stuff that was left on the table. I mean, even Grant Russell's back up again. That's crazy. Uh, ben, who was the rest of your team? I got the Tommy Gunn, Tommy Grady, mm-hmm. Malachi Jones, yeah. Darius Prince, Quentin Sims, and Kendrick Engs. Okay, there's your where, okay, yeah, there's your one Atlantic City player. Okay. Right, yeah. Okay, John. Uh, Malachi Jones. Mm-hmm. Tommy Grady, Quentin Sims, Grant Russell. Ooh, so close. Nice. And Lamarck Brown. Oh, you, oh, you went one also. <laughs> I did. I said I would. Yeah. yeah. I Okay. Well, it looks like for us guys, it's going to be, you know, uh, we're, we all have uh, Tommy Gunn, Malachi Jones, and Quentin Sims. Uh, I also went with, because I was able to work it in, uh, Fabian Guerrera. Guerra. Nice. And I put Lonnie Outlaw. I was between him. That's and, a really good lineup. It was between him and Buns. For your captain? No, for my last spot. Wait, who's your captain? Oh, you have Morgan, right? I have Morgan. So I think that's a really good lineup, Tim. Uh, Although Lonnie Outlaw burned me last week. I know. He, he tends to be but hot and got, cold. But the thing is, he got still. He still got seven points, though. He got a hell of a lot more than I got out of my out of my fullback last week. How many was that again? Seven. Negative what? Negative oh, how many? oh yeah, negative <laughs> negative point three. <laughs> I gotta we gotta DM him. Um, <laughs> what? Just one last thing. We're talking about the rosters now and how much the prices are worth. I mean, we, I said we were talking about um, Sims. Sims shot up shot up in an actual amount. He is he was seventy four hundred last week. Um, what's the, do you find that the pricing structure is leveling out, or do you think it's getting a little bit too high when you want to uh, get some of these big names in there, or do you think it's it's just the way that it should be, Ben? I, I honestly wish it were harder. Um, and some weeks it is. This week, I think, if you just look at all three of our lineups, they're all really good lineups. Like, none of us had to make a sacrifice this week. Right. Uh, I think, not that I want the game to be impossible or anything, but something that would make this a little bit more interesting is if it, you did have to have like three lower tier receivers or something like that so that you didn't just stack it like all of our, our all of our teams are incredible yeah like you know there's the the it's up to luck whether i mean fantasy to a degree is always up to luck but there's it kind of removes the strategy that we all have all arena players on our teams yeah. um and i am often frustrated when i can't get all the players i want but i think there's that's where strategy comes in yeah do you, agree, do you agree with that, John? I think. Do you think they're, they're the, the pricing is where they should be? You think DK is doing a good job as of now that they're with the with yeah. The- I mean, I do, and I think it's it's it, I think it's been fair and the way it has been all season. I, I don't think we've 
seen things that drastic. I just think that you know it was the first season with uh, AFL being on DraftKings, so it's just like a a sticker shock, so to speak. Yeah, Um, Um, I find one element which the the league uh, that the league could entertain and DK could entertain is what something that I had forgotten on the CFL side is they actually allow they still have a fifty thousand dollar cap. I think if I remember correctly. I don't know if that's the Canadian or American funds, um, but uh, I had to say it. Um, <laughs> props to you yeah. for being consistent. Yeah, um, but uh, try adding a defense. That's what they do. You have ah. to include a defense within your. Now, I don't uh, pricing wise. I don't know when it comes to because I've never played. I'll be honest with you. I've never played the DK uh, CFL. So See, defense is interesting to me. I like defense is definitely a less reliable in a good way. Like, there's more strategy involved, I yeah. think, in choosing a defensive player than just, like, an all-arena receiver. Right. That, like, you're just trying to fit. <laughs> I mean, a lot of this is just sort of mathing it out and, like, trying to fit as many good players as you can instead of deciding, like, who might have, like, the best week on defense. I think that's interesting. By the way, I think we should probably touch on this kind of damning post that Scott made on uh, the message yes. boards yes, I was about the player pool rarely even reaching 100 players on DraftKings. Yeah, I wanted to ask about that. That one, is really bad. Yeah, one thing I want to ask you real quickly since I talked about defense, if you, if either of you, including myself, were to choose one defense this week, okay, for, for you know, gratis, for no charge, Ben, who would you choose as your defense? No charge. No. Well, heck, I think I'd pick Albany this week because they're playing AC and AC is uh, hurt. Okay. Ditto. Yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, even the way Albany can play against Washington. Right. Exactly. Okay. Okay. I I would I would probably I, I guess I would agree with you, but I, I would probably. No, you know what? Yeah, I'd agree. Actually, I mean, Washington's a decent would or uh, Philly would be an interesting pick too because they're playing Columbus, but Columbus Albany's just sort of a sure bet. Yeah, sure. Uh, for those who hadn't seen the, the thread over the arena fan message boards, Ben, uh, I think did you, you just gave the full quick synapsis of what it was, right? Uh, what uh, what we were going to just talk about? Real yeah, quickly. essentially, essentially, most uh, DraftKings player pools. By that we mean all of the entries in the entire arena football games. Uh, often does not even reach 100 players, and in one case was really high. It was like 373, and that's not even really high. That's really low. And I think my initial concern with this entire concept was like, well, what is this actually getting for the league? I think there, I think there have been some positives overall, and just murmur. You know, a couple new Twitter accounts popped up, a couple new podcasts popped up, but these numbers are so low they can't possibly be helping the league financially in any regard. Um, and it just, I think it's a sign that at six teams, you know, people won't necessarily bet on everything. That was the idea. It was like, people love betting. They'll bet on anything. I don't know that that necessarily is true. Yeah. Um, I'm looking at right now, there are two of them, two of them that are over a hundred, but I mean, maybe it's just a, a, I think he also stated, did he say he spoke with somebody over one of the DK sports books or no? Yeah. He said, uh. Oh, right, because Atlantic City has, um, like, in-game betting. Yes. And that it, they said they, they're lucky if they get 15 people to sign up during the game. Ba- I mean, that's crazy. Based off of that, John, what is your thought with, because, uh, you know, Leonsis wants to open up, a, 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 you know, he's taking a restaurant out and putting in a sports book. What's your thought? Well, I think that D.C. situation is more geared toward sports as a whole and not just, uh, the AFL, but yeah, I, those numbers aren't good. Let's face it. You know, 
to only be able to get less than 20 people to do the in-game betting there in Atlantic City and for the the DraftKings prize pools to be so low now, not only in total prizes that you can win, but also the number of players that are actually participating. Right. It doesn't doesn't feel very reassuring. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's hard to see it like exploding or anything with next year. Like it's it like this is it's not trending up. Uh, people are sort of losing interest. So I, I don't know. I mean, uh, there's an aspect to this that could be a long game, but there could be an aspect to this that's like DraftKings isn't gaining enough customers. The reason DraftKings is involved in this is to gain more customers. Right. You know, th- and if they're not doing that, they may just say, well, you know what, this didn't work out. Have a good day. And the AFL is going to be on the street with DraftKings, and maybe they'll go to FanDuel, and FanDuel will say, "Well, we saw your numbers. We're not going to. We're not going to be into this." Uh, it, it, yeah, it, and the whole possibly. brand of the league is hashtag bet on us. I mean, that's honestly the most embarrassing part. It, uh, for all you know, for all we know, maybe the numbers are better than we because we don't know what they what they had expected for this year. I mean, it's not right. Like, it it's, couldn't it's, have been this. <laughs> you know, it's not like Ted's going to say, "Well, we were expecting this, this, and this." I mean, I'm sure they have their. Everything seems to be based off a of metric these days. So, I mean, uh, I, I, you know, a work in progress, like the entire league. It's a work in progress. So, yeah, I don't know. Sort of the pilot season, I guess you could look at it that way. Yeah, that, that's But it's not like they haven't pushed it. The AFL constantly pushes this. Yeah. So I don't know what they could do to push it further marketing wise. I don't you know what? Maybe there'll be a push once they actually get on 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 actual an ESPN network. Maybe. Because I'm sure there's going to be a, a ton of, of of DraftKings stuff. Right. So, um, uh, week nine in the AFL. Um, very rare Thursday game. The 99th overall Thursday game in league history. Yes, I had to look it up. No, uh, Yeah. Uh, the game will be on, all three games of the game will be on ESPN3. This game should be on, unless we're going to find it otherwise. Kind of the, the league announced it very late that the, that the uh, uh, what was it, the early game, the first game last week? Uh, Columbus... Uh, yeah, Columbus Baltimore was not on on uh, ES, uh, NBC Sports Washington. Um, but Thursday, Baltimore plays Washington. The game will be on NBC Sports Washington. Um, the information that we have been told, by the way, guys, is that no teams can clinch this week. I really for I really thought that if Baltimore had, if they do win this game, I thought that they would have clinched. But according to the official information from the league, that is not the case. But okay, I, I really thought I'd have to. I really thought they would they would clinch. But anyways, um, this this series is even at five apiece, guys. Uh, Baltimore won the earlier one this year in, in what was a shootout, fifty nine fifty one in Baltimore. Um, these 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 teams just split across the board uh baltimore is currently sitting in second place uh washington is tied for third uh john what's your thought on aob at this game but what's else what's your thought on this game well my thought is i'm looking at the schedule and i don't know if baltimore could clinch yeah because atlantic city could technically end up with how many games are, they, they can end up with seven wins right there's four and, games left and washington plays baltimore again in three weeks right right yeah, so that that may but, be but why. Also, but also, if you think about it, if if Baltimore were to win, they'd be at six, right? Yeah. DC would still be at four and back by two games. But there's enough game. I think there's enough games left in the season to. There's four regular season games, right? There are four remaining. Yeah. Okay, so that means that Baltimore, yeah, Baltimore could lose out 
and Washington could end up with well, they'll be that means they'll be seven wins. That means they'll be six and six. We know as of right now, one team will not be make will not be six and six, and that's going to be Columbus. <laughs> yes. Well, no, no. It's for 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 figuring out this 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 information. Say, uh, right now, um, three and five for Atlantic City. If they lose, if they lose to uh, to Albany, that puts them at six. And if I'm not mistaken, Baltimore, I think, currently owns... Do they own the head-to-head versus Atlantic City? That's the City? question, I think, yeah. Because if they own the head-to-head versus Atlantic City, uh, uh, I, w- I would have thought that they would... I, I thought Atlantic City won both of those games. I'm checking. They did, actually. They beat Baltimore twice. Oh, yeah. well, okay, then never mind. Okay, that, that's, then that's, that's why. Do we know anything about the playoff, uh, how this is going to work with home field this year? As far as I know, it's the way that it should have been originally. <laughs> <laughs> Should have been original. I think probably what it'll be is they'll be. I'm sure they'll be given the option. Uh, I don't see any of the higher seeds taking game one. I see um, unless unless no, I don't see any of the higher seeds taking game one. And then uh, attendance is a non-factor this year. Oh, except for the arena bowl. To host except, the except arena for the arena bowl. bowl. Except for the arena bowl. We don't even know. No, we don't. So we're we're just pure. Speaking. I mean, if Baltimore looks like they have a chance. We may see a rule. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. But no, Tim, to answer your second question, or maybe your first question even, yeah, uh, yeah, this game is real important for Washington. Yeah. I mean, they're they're on a short week. I mean, so is Baltimore. But Washington is on a short week, and they're coming off a loss. So heartbreak. I I know, and they don't have a lot of time to practice. They don't have a lot of time. That's tough to recover. It's it's real tough. I'm sure. Didn't both teams only get two games? Two. I didn't check the. I didn't. I remember seeing. Yeah, it was two. Yeah, they didn't practice today at all. Monday and Tuesday only. Damn. Okay. Yeah, that's that's yeah, that that's a little tough. I will admit. Uh, Because yeah, they they do need to win. If not, they will be back again. They will be back of Baltimore. For the uh, for the number two spot by two games, um, yeah, it, this one's going to be interesting. You know, this isn't like a couple years, you know, like last year where we would say, "Oh well, this this could be an easy thing." This could be a very interesting matchup, right, Ben? Yeah, I mean, I, I think to to what we were just saying, uh, this is such a crucial game for Washington, and there's a, there's a mindset that a, a, you know a train of thinking that that Washington actually has an opportunity to not dwell on the previous loss. <laughs> for an additional amount of days you know sometimes uh you know if you have a loss that crippling you just want to get over it and not think about it for another three days so maybe that washington will will benefit from that and they're at home and and i it's it's a shame that washington has taken a, a downturn here because they have clearly so much potential they have i think they have potential to easily be the number two team in the league so yeah. Especially with Albany playing Atlantic City, an injured Atlantic City, uh, this is, I think, a game that Washington may win just on the heels of you got to win this one. I think it'll be a, I think it'll possibly be another shootout like it was uh, earlier in the year. Um, there always seem to be the one game in, in, in a week usually where we're going to get over 100 points, which is a huge plus. Uh, John, what did you say the the line was from DraftKings? I think the line for this had Washington at uh, was it. Uh, Four, four, four and a half. Okay, about one score. Five dimes has it at minus two for uh, for uh, Washington. Okay, it is. Yeah, it is. It's minus two and a half. Minus two and a half. Okay. Yes. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to give a slight advantage to to DC. I think we're all in agreement for DC to win this game. Was that? Yeah. Was that yep. the case? Okay. 
Uh, second game, uh, all of them will be now on, the rest of the, season, uh, the week will be on Saturday. Uh, the first game will be at 3.30 uh, in Albany. Atlantic City travels for the first time to the Empire State. Uh, it will be on NBC Sports Philadelphia Plus and locally on my for Albany. Um, the I think you, I have it at 14.5 points that Albany is favored by. With um, with the Hippard situation, with Atlantic City, Atlantic City signing a new quarterback today, uh, I'm trying to remember. Was Michael Keir? Was he on the, on the preseason roster? I'm trying. I'm trying to remember if he was on the camp roster or not. I don't. Uh, I don't recall. Seeing, yeah. I don't remember seeing him. Yeah, I'm checking. Could have right, been checking right now as we speak. Um, it, I feel so bad. I mean, is Warren Smith? We know is a capable quarterback, but and he has a great wide receiving core. Having a full week under the helm, playing. You know, starting with the with uh, the with the number ones. Do you think he has what it takes to to go basically head to head with a as the, with his dominant team, or is Albany going to come into this game thinking, oh well, they're hurt, and because we've seen this before, guys, where you think that a team's going to blow them out, and it's the closest game in the world. What's your thought, John? Well, I think Warren's perfectly capable because we've seen in the past when he played for the Valor, uh, he put out put up some decent decent numbers both in passing and touchdowns uh i i just you know i worry about how well albany is playing this this year yeah uh, it's almost like surprising that they lost to baltimore although we we figured it would happen yeah. I, I mean i i would i would give this game to albany uh, regardless of even if randy hippard was playing yeah uh, by the way michael keir was on a pre on a preseason roster Oh, good call. Yeah, uh, Ben, do you agree? I mean, is the four, yep. is the fourteen points that five dimes is uh, fourteen and a half points that has five dimes favored by? And I think you think Johnny think it was about the same for uh, for DraftKings. Um, is, yeah, I'd say that's that's accurate. That's an accurate. I mean, uh, you know, if Warren Smith came out guns blazing last week and was like, you know, I, yeah, he's but, never. But that game was not in favor of Atlantic City from the start. Yeah, I agree. No, I mean, they were, but, but that And he looked makes tentative. He looked tentative. He looked nervous. Playing Albany. Yeah, I mean, and, and I don't think Warren Smith is a kind of guy who would be nervous coming into a game. That, like, that's almost a preposterous thought to me. He's a, he's a vet, so, like, there was no reason he couldn't come out and just look fine. He just, uh, I mean, Warren Smith had the, he had the best passing percentage for Washington last year. Yeah. <laughs> oh, <okay. That's> <laughs> uh, he did. I mean, he's, he did. he's, you know, he, he, uh, he is who he is. And I think no matter what Atlantic city, like John said, would have been at a disadvantage in this game. So even, you know, I think now it's just more severe. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I agree. I mean, I, I wish all the best opposite to, to, to warn. Uh, I mean, if he can get enough reps with the ones and, 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 you know, get some chemistry between them because some of the throws, th- fl- throws, Lord, throws are just off versus Philadelphia. But it's, um, I think he'll play a little bit better. But I think it, I think just Albany is just too strong, and the fourteen and a half, fourteen and a half points is actually very warranted. So, uh, last game of the week, it is the Philadelphia Soul traveling to play the Columbus Destroyers. Um, this is um, the. You know, this is the second time that these two teams have played this this year. Um, Columbus only lost by twelve the last time that these two teams played. This is a different team than they played recently. I, I know they only play, you know played as recent as June first, but this is a different 
Uh, this is a, a different Columbus Destroyers team, isn't it, Ben? Yeah, it's uh, it's it's different, maybe because they've won a game. <laughs> but I, I don't look at the well, team. Grant as Russell t- I think too, but Grant Russell too. Grant right? Russell has always, I think, been pretty good. I think he's had a couple of games where he made some disastrous decisions, but he's been pretty consistent in terms of putting up TDs every week. So uh, I don't think that Columbus is necessarily changed in many ways. Uh, I think Donovan Morgan's, you know, a nice addition. And oh yeah, for sure that'll help. Uh, and, and that helps a lot. And I think that is pretty much the extent of where we can say Columbus has gotten a bump, uh, even in the last two weeks. And so, I don't know. I I think Philly is still the pick here. I'm not really sure. I could see them maybe just duffing it, just because Philly occasionally these days has one of those games. But they've looked so consistent, and I feel like they're rock solid to this point where we're probably going to see them win this game. Yeah. John, is that fair? Yeah, I think I think that's fair. I think we probably will see Philadelphia win, even though it's a road game. I mean, this uh, last week against Atlantic City, they looked like Philadelphia of 2017 again. Um, they were scary. And uh, Atlantic City gave... Uh, and they're doing it all with money in the, in the, in the defensive backfield. I know. And they, they gave... They gave um, Atlantic City gave Columbus trouble as well. So... I don't know. Philadelphia is just primed to win this game, unfortunately, for Columbus fans out there. The five dimes has Philadelphia currently favored at four and a half points. What is what was it for, for DK? Is it the same? It is the same at four and a half. Uh, yeah. Do you have the over-unders, by the way? That's one thing that, uh, that uh, they do not have. Do you have the over-unders for all three games? I do. Um, what are they? Switching apps. Uh, they're all set at 110. No, that's not the over-under. That's not no, you're right. It's not. <laughs> then no. Then DraftKings hasn't been putting those out. Okay. Yeah, because I noticed that they don't. Yeah, you know, they haven't been doing it for uh, for this year either. By the way, one interesting note uh, is that now on Five Dimes they actually have. I don't know if they have it on the DK thing. They actually have the Arena Football Arena Bowl uh, 32 futures on who who's favored to win. Uh, if you are so bold and you want to bet your Columbus Destroyers Destroyer fans current uh, the current um future is at plus twenty five thousand. <laughs> i don't know how to convert that with just a single buck so i couldn't tell you <laughs> I, I don't understand that i know i think uh when i did one for for my cfl it was i think uh, the owls were like at a plus three it was at 13 1300 and it, it would have garnered me 15 bucks so i i can't do the conversion but anyways albany's favored uh then it is uh baltimore Philly, Philly, by the way, Philly and Washington, uh, then Atlantic City. But I guess obviously this looks like how the standings are going. So they need to put the futures out earlier in the season. So anyways, um, guys, I am happy to be back. I missed it um, again. Yeah, that's going to be held against you. Uh, I, I think somebody are some people already did in the message boards. Holy well, there was some anger. Holy crap. I mean, you guys and, and guys, to be fair, uh, in even in my sixth stupor, both Ben and John, they offered, and the logistics just were not going to work. Yes, it is sucks that, that we have a weekly show and we have to skip a show, but it, guys, I think this is the second show that I've only missed uh, in the last five years. That's crazy. And That's a more impressive streak than Joe Hill. Nah, yeah, well. uh-huh. um, uh-huh. But they, tr- <laughs> they tried um that's that's all that i asked for i i appreciated it that that's all that mattered so but we're you know 
we're back. We'll be back next week. I've got a couple of things I'm trying to look into, a couple of interviews that keep falling through, but we're looking to set them up so we can have uh, some, some chats next week. And we're also trying to find out the status. I reached out to the league today, guys. and uh, Actually, not today, but a couple of days ago to try to find out the status. What's the current status of the new Arena Bowl trophy? Hopefully, we'll have some more information for that. Oh, yeah. So, um, any any plans for, I mean, we had an early week, obviously. I know, John, you're going to the game tomorrow night. Any other plans yep. other than that, guys, for this week? I was planning on on being at uh, Albany's game with Atlantic City, but uh, my friend just got a job at the Washington Post. Nice. So I have to see him off. Um, hopefully, uh, I'll be at a game the week after, though. That's cool. Oh, 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 the other thing is, yes. I meant to tell you guys, yeah. and I may as well do it on there. Uh, this week, uh, you know, we had some client reviews with the with the commercial I was doing, and I sort of had a little bit of time to work on the Malachi documentary. Oh, sweet. And I actually, you know, I put in some seriously long days, and I think I'm pretty close, pretty confidently say that I will want to release it next week. Nice. I never wanted to, I don't want to say that until I, I have, like, you know, I yeah. have the... It exported, but now I think I can do it. So look out for that next week, everyone. Uh, 50 Yard Dash's newest production. Any tease of who did the voiceover? <laughs> you know what? I can tell you something interesting about that. Okay. Uh, I decided, and this is sort of inside baseball, but when I did the Kicker series, yeah. there were no, there was no voiceover. No, there wasn't. Um, it was sort of the I used sound bites and things to to carry over one thought to the next. And in the Malachi documentary, I, th- I wanted to do that again. I- I'm not a huge fan of voiceovers all the time, and I sometimes think they take you out of it a little bit. Um, and so for this for this one, Malachi's voice and sound bites from like the news, and maybe a, maybe a cameo from Tim Capper. I can't say whether or not, but maybe. Okay. Um, acts as a segue. <laughs> Let's say that was the biggest surprise I've ever heard of. <laughs> yeah, this, that's your little team voice. You wanted where to tease. There it is. Catches balls. There's no narration, but there are some sound bites. That's cool. Uh, we look forward to it. Let, let us know. And uh, right, if any, by the way, if you haven't seen any of the Kicker series uh, or, or, or any of the 50 yard series, you have to go watch it. Uh, I think you can watch it o- over at uh, Fraternally Films, right? Fraternally found Films, right? Yes, fraternally.com slash 50yard dash. Uh, or you can just go to at 50yard dash on Instagram, and the link is is right there in the bio. Perfect. Do not also forget that we are on social media, multiple places where you can find us. Uh, best places is to head over to our Facebook page, Instagram page, and Twitter. Those are at slash arena fan. And also, if you want to listen to the last, at least the last 50 shows, uh, you can head over to... Uh, to Google Play Music, iTunes Podcasts, uh, Spotify, and if you want to listen to at least anywhere between the last two to three shows, uh, you can head over to SoundCloud at SoundCloud uh, SoundCloud.com slash ArenaFan. Gents, it was a pleasure being with you guys again this week. Everybody, enjoy uh, the games. Do not forget to set your rosters because there is a game tomorrow night, Thursday night, Arena Football. What, what, what? Yes. So for everybody here at AFL tonight, For Ben Fertonale, for John Stark, I'm Tim Capper. Watch the rebound off the net.